December 10th, Revelation chapter 2, verses 1 through 17. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Ephesus. This is the message from the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand, the one who walks among the seven gold lampstands. I know all the things you do. I have seen your hard work and your patient endurance. I know you don't tolerate evil people. You have examined the claims of those who say they are apostles, but are not. You have discovered they are liars. You have patiently suffered for me without quitting. But I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. Look how far you have fallen from your first love. Turn back to me again and work as you did at first. If you don't, I will come and remove your lampstand from its place among the churches. But there is this about you that is good. You hate the deeds of the immoral Nicolaitans, just as I do. Anyone who is willing to hear should listen to the Spirit and understand what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Everyone who is victorious will eat from the tree of life in the paradise of God. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Smyrna. This is the message from the one who is the first and the last, who died and is alive. I know about your suffering and your poverty, but you are rich. I know the slander of those opposing you. They say they are Jews, but they really aren't, because theirs is a synagogue of Satan. Don't be afraid of what you are about to suffer. The devil will throw some of you into prison and put you to the test. You will be persecuted for ten days. Remain faithful even when facing death, and I will give you the crown of life. Anyone who is willing to hear should listen to the Spirit and understand what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Whoever is victorious will not be hurt by the second death. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Pergamum. This is the message from the one who has a sharp two-edged sword. I know that you live in the city where that great throne of Satan is located, and yet you have remained loyal to me. And you refused to deny me, even when Antipas, my faithful witness, was martyred among you by Satan's followers. And yet I have a few complaints against you. You tolerate some among you who are like Balaam, who showed Balak how to trip up the people of Israel. He taught them to worship idols by eating food offered to idols and by committing sexual sin. In the same way, you have some Nicolaitans among you, people who follow the same teaching and commit the same sins. Repent, or I will come to you suddenly and fight against them with the sword of my mouth. Anyone who is willing to hear should listen to the Spirit and understand what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Everyone who is victorious will eat of the manna that has been hidden away in heaven, and I will give to each one a white stone, and on the stone will be engraved a new name that no one knows except the one who receives it. This week's Bible Meditation, Romans 3, 23 and 24. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, but are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ.
almost all the churches in the Bible drift and get screwed up. Paul tells the Galatians, he goes, who bewitched you? What happened to you guys? He goes, I feel like I wasted all that time with you. Then you read the book of uh, 1 Corinthians and he's like telling the Corinthians, what is wrong with you guys? There's divi- I heard there's divisions among you. He goes like, some are saying, I follow this guy and this guy, this guy. He goes, was I crucified for you? Why are you following me? Didn't I tell you it was about Jesus? He goes, I hear that you guys sue each other seriously? I, I hear that there's immorality in the church and you're proud of it? I hear that people are getting drunk during communion? I, drunk, communion, really? I hear that some of you don't even believe in the resurrection anymore? What in the world are you kidding me right now? And so I'm reading about all these churches that drift, and we can look and go, yeah, the church in Ephesus, yeah, the church in Laodicea, yeah, the church in Galatia, yeah, the church in Corinth. Hey, what about us? What about the church in America? Do we really think we're one of the good ones? In America, we have buildings that we call churches, and you go to them and you sit for an hour, hour and a half, and someone teaches you a message. And then if you don't like it, you can go to the church down the street. That doesn't make sense biblically. You don't think about that. It's not about you. You don't go, I didn't like it, I didn't like it, I didn't like this. You go for him. Because we're concerned about what pleases him. That's what the gatherings were supposed to be. You think the high angels in Revelation 4 saying, holy, 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 at the end of the day go, I didn't really like it today. They got it. We are so self-centered. When's the last time you made a decision based upon him where you go, what would please you most? What would make you happiest? Because you're my God, you're my master. You know what would please you? Is he says, the, the ones who actually tremble at his word. You know what? Let's grab a couple friends and let's just read the word and tremble at it. Let's read through the book of Revelation. Let's just get together and read it. We don't need a great speaker. Let's just read it and tremble at it because his words are so much higher than mine. He wants us devoted to prayer. Let's get together and let's just seek his presence and see what happens. Because that actually is more exciting to me. That's more exciting. See, see what we did in the church was no one showing up for prayer meeting. Well, then let's change the prayer meeting. Let's make it shorter. Let's bring in a band. Let's bring in a speaker. And we'll save a few minutes for prayer so we can still call it prayer meeting. Let's change the prayer meeting. And now I'm at an age where I go, you know what? No, let's change your heart. Why don't you want to go to prayer? It's not the problem with the service. The problem is you. Do you not understand who he is? Do you not understand the price that was paid so that I can come to his presence and I'm talking to the one that's keeping us all alive right now? And he can change everything. How is that not exciting to you? Something's wrong with you. Nothing's wrong with the prayer meeting. I think we'd be blown away if we simplified and went back to early church, we read, don't you read about Acts 2 and go, oh, I wish I lived there. 
where they just devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to prayer, to the fellowship, and the breaking of bread. We have an opportunity right now at this time in history. I am so pumped about it. But it's time to change the church and say, you know what? Enough of this consumer garbage. I'm going to devote myself to these things because I think it's going to actually become better as we strip away all these things we think we need. Psalm 129, verses 1 through 8. Israel's afflictions are compared to the plowing of a field. Think for just a moment of what it would feel like to be face down in the dirt while a plow goes down your back. Ouch. How do you handle a situation like that? First, you accept it from the Lord. If the Lord is allowing people to plow your back, it's happening because He has planned a harvest. Just be sure you plant the right kind of seed. If you plant anger and malice, you will not reap the blessings of the Lord. Second, you trust the Lord to help you. In His own time, He will stop the plows and cut the cords so they cannot plow anymore. All their efforts will be useless. And third, when this is going on, you wait for the Lord to judge your enemies. You don't do that yourself. He will put them to shame and make them wither like grass on a sod roof. On the other hand, God's people will hear God's blessing in their ears and have God's blessing in their hands. Plowing times can be productive times. Psalm 129, verses 1 through 8 a song for the ascent to Jerusalem. From my earliest youth, my enemies have persecuted me. Let Israel now say, From my earliest youth, my enemies have persecuted me, but they have never been able to finish me off. My back is covered with cuts, as if a farmer had plowed long furrows. But the Lord is good. He has cut the cords used by the ungodly to bind me. May all who hate Jerusalem be turned back in shameful defeat. May they be as useless as grass on a rooftop, turning yellow when only half-grown, ignored by the harvester, despised by the binder. And may those who pass by refuse to give them this blessing. The Lord's blessings be upon you, we bless you in the Lord's name. Proverbs 29, verses 19 and 20. For a servant, mere words are not enough. Discipline is needed. For the words may be understood, but they are not heeded. There is more hope for a fool than for someone who speaks without thinking.